Listening Dog Media. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule in association with Football Manager. I'm Kate Balsay and the football's finally back. And hasn't it been exciting indeed? Well, not just for me, for the pair alongside me today. Pumped up to the max with footballing go-go juice, it's Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Hi, girls. Hello. Isn't it great to be able to just talk about goal line technology again and goals that should have been... Talking about returns, Hayley, how was your big return back to Sky Sports News? I mean, just heading back into the offices was very strange because there's you normally just jogging merrily, doing a little skip hop and a dance up the stairs. But it was all very much like follow this arrow, follow that arrow, go up here, don't go there, don't go onto another floor. You had to kind of work your way around the cafe in like a little queuing system. It was all very odd. And normally when there's about 100 people in the office, there were there were seven and a big group obviously working from home that I couldn't see, that I could I could hear and maybe speak to. And a teeny tiny little gallery, which was kind of a makeshift in one of the edit suites. So I, I literally couldn't believe that they've been managing to put out news pretty much 24-7 from the operation that I saw at Sky Sports mm. News. I mean, hats off to my colleagues, because I mean, working from home... I imagine is is difficult, especially if you've got children and another half who's working from home. And in obviously television, you can't have a child coming up to you in the background, which you can, of course, sometimes see, which is very amusing if you're presenting. But as a producer and you're needing to be very much on the ball, listening to what's happening when you can't see what's happening is um, a big enough job in itself. But all went well back in on Friday. When this podcast goes out, I'll be back on the airwaves again. And Sunday, when we'll have again live football. So I'm I'm quite lucky that I'm heading back when there's going to be live games and I'll get to update them. And I'm hoping they sneak in the odd guest to the studio as well. So I've got a bit of company and across the room. Mm. You timed it perfectly. Um, We've obviously had our first taste of football this week. Lindsay, you're about to get your first taste of live football, aren't you? 
I am. I'm going to Norwich uh, for Norwich Southampton um, and I'm starting to get more bookings coming in. I'm also going to be doing the Amazon matches on Prime Video, which are going to be made available for everyone for free. They're going to be on Twitch for the first time as well. Yeah. Now, this is big news because you're going to be reporting across all of all of Amazon's games, mm. right? Yeah, they have four matches in total. I mean, they, they sent me um, an email saying it's like ninth pick out of 10. But I really don't care. I don't think anyone else does because it feels like tournament football. And when mm. it feels like that, people get mm. engrossed in every single match, don't they? So I'm really looking forward to getting going and um, and being busy once again. I wonder how much PPE you're, you're, you're going to have to wear because I've seen pictures of sort of microphones with kind of plastic bags over the end of them. Of course, those very long microphone poles because you can't, sort of you have to be a couple of meters away from the person that you're interviewing as well so it'd be really really interesting I think just to get a handle on how much PPE how much protective stuff you have to wear oh there's so much to read but the the biggest dilemma is going to be food and when you eat you need to eat in your car before you go to the stadium Um, so I'm going to have to do a lot of home cooking take things with me and then you can't eat it when you're in the stadium you have to keep your mask on at all times apart from when you actually do an interview when you can remove it how many Haribo can you fit in a mask Lindsay that's why I don't know but I've got fruit gums already lined up for for Friday (laughs) You can be a bit like a squirrel, just just kind of store them up in the side of your cheeks because no one's going to see your cheeks anyway because they're going to be covered up by a mask, aren't they? Um, Well, that's all to come. And of course, we've got a brilliant podcast lined up for you as well. But before that, some big news from the Offside Rule. Very exciting news because the Offside Rule and Muddy Knees Media, who help us produce the podcast, are now part of The Athletic. So, ladies, we have some new bosses here at the Offside Rule. Very exciting. And it basically means um, that we have a bunch more support. It's great news for our WSL show as well because it means um, that we'll be back next season with that. So that's you know really really good in t- in terms of the women's football content that we can output. And it just means that we can carry on yapping away, which you know surely yeah. surely has to have its benefits. <laughs> It's fantastic news. I think as well the the readership for the Athletic. Hopefully we can we can infiltrate those people that have been subscribing and aren't aware of our podcast at the moment. Hopefully we can get them on board. And now we've got new bosses. We're going to have to be on best behaviour like all the time, aren't we? Because we've been getting away with all sorts for the last couple of months. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, nothing changes, by the way. If you're listening to this right now, we can carry on as normal. Um, if you're interested in having no ads at all and you'd like to read some of the Athletic jolly well-written work by some very fine football journalists indeed it has to be said you can get 50% off a subscription um, at theathletic.com forward slash tfs that stands for our partner show totally football show so theathletic.com tfs you get 50% off your subscription that's for this week only so you've only got a few days to get involved and that means you can listen to everything ad free if you don't mind the ads we will carry on as normal and you will probably not know the difference apart from us mentioning the athletic every every now and again but thank you to them for stepping in and um ensuring that we've got a future as well which is um which is brilliant as far as i'm concerned so thank you all right let's uh turn our attentions to the show uh we are going to get stuck into the return of the premier league we're also just for jolly james going to be looking at some local papers now the joy of footballing stories in local papers is often underestimated, I think. So we've asked Hayley and Lindsay, and I'll be doing this as well, to delve into some local footballing news, uh, reveal some nuggets there. And 
in the week that we all became even bigger fans of Marcus Rashford, uh, we're going to be talking about other footballers who've implemented change in the world on a grand scale. And of course, a reminder that we're live on Jack Radio Fridays at four o'clock. Okay, because we've had some live action, we've got to go through this, ladies. So the restart Wednesday night saw the return of the Premier League and we were so ready, weren't we, for this in many different ways. Aston Villa drew against Sheffield United. Lots of controversy in that game, as I'm sure everyone listening knows. Uh, And uh, Arsenal, goodness me, it was not the return they wanted. A 3-0 defeat away to Manchester City. Good news for City, not for Arsenal upon their return. So we all know what happened on the pitch, but I'm curious to know what else you observed off the pitch and what your viewing experience was like, ladies. First of all, I think we have to reference, don't we, the players taking a knee and the impacts of that, Hayley. Mm. Oh, I mean, it was quite moving. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know if anybody was expecting it. But yeah, just when everybody kind of dropped down and it was done in unison and it was quite eerie as well because there were no fans in the stadium, because it was very quiet... I just kind of stood and didn't say anything. It was almost like um, having, a, you know, observing a moment of silence or a minute silence. And it was quite moving. And it was almost kind of like um, your hair sort of stand up on, on your skin. It, it was just mm. a bit like that. Um, yeah. yeah, very much like that. Yeah. Lindsay, what did you think about the way that football paid tribute to Black Lives Matter? Of course, we had the um, Black Lives Matter um, written on the back of the shirts. And then there was also, of course, lots of um, lots of messages around coronavirus too. I really like the NHS heart in the middle of the mm. players' shirts as well. Mm. Yeah, it it was all done very tastefully, I thought. And the timing of that first um, taking the knee, which was in the Aston Villa-Sheffield United match, I think that was super powerful. And of course, they followed suit as well at the Etihad. Uh, I think all all around football at the moment, there are so many messages, positive messages that are being put out. We're going to come on to another to do with Marcus Rashford a little bit later. And there's, there's a lot that we can show for the power of sport and to keep that conversation continuing. And that's exactly what's happening at the moment. This is going to be going on for some time and it should be. It should be something that remains at the forefront and that isn't something that's just brushed under the carpet again. Mm. So I think it's credit to everybody involved. I just wanted to say as well, when you kind of looked at these footballers who were who were taking the knee, it highlighted how diverse you know, the country is. And when you looked at all the different cultures and nationalities of all the players, you kind of realised as well. And it was good to see that they were all coming together for the black players in the team as well. But it did just sort of make you realise um, just how multicultural our, our country is and, and, mm. and football very, very much absolutely making sure that every voice is heard, no matter what nationality you are, no matter where which ethnicity you are no matter which religion you are that again they're all one coming together as a team as we've spoken about in previous podcasts and yeah it was very powerful just seeing that show of unity done in a very emotional way right crowd noise we must talk about this because this was a was a topic of much debate on twitter last night what did you two go for for your match watching experience I went for both. So the the first match um, between Villa and Sheffield United, I decided to go without crowd noise. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty bland game anyway, and having no noise at all didn't help. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it had its dramas, of course, and I was just glad to be watching some football, to be honest, which is why it kept my attention. But perhaps ordinarily, I'd have been flicking over, maybe. And then I thought the levels just upped so much in terms of the quality on the pitch between City and Arsenal. But I did have the crowd noise on. Yeah, so I liked the crowd noise and mm. I thought I wouldn't because, as you girls know, I'm, I, I am quite particular, like quite sort of anal in some ways. Like everything has to be proper and correct, doesn't it? Everything has to be ordered. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I wouldn't like it because it would jar with with the visuals that I was seeing. Obviously, no crowd there at all. But actually, I found it really comforting, almost like a little lullaby mm. in the background. So I went with crowd noise and I stuck with crowd noise. I just I just much preferred it. I think I will going forward as well. Uh, it wasn't perfect. And you be saying about how you like everything precise. There were some occasions where you heard crowd noise and it didn't really fit with what was going on in the match. That's going to happen, <laughs> yes, I guess. True. And also they were a bit delayed as well with, with goals at mm. times or maybe mm. did it in advance, which is even worse. Yeah, yeah. The goals, I mean, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem that if the home team scores, they they really ramp up the volume because it just, it, it basically felt like when City scored, they were away from home and didn't have many of their fans there. <laughs> so that was the only complaint that I had. Hayley, what about your watching experience? Yeah, pretty much the same. I actually really enjoyed the crowd noise. But as you said, when, when things were happening and the, the, the kind of noise didn't sort of go along with it, it did bother me a bit, but I much preferred having that because I'd listened to the, to the build-up, obviously, to the first game with Villa um, in the car. I was out with the little one and was 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 racing home. So I'd listened to a lot of the build-up on Five Live. And I love Five Live, but it was just awful. When they kicked off, it was like you were waiting and it was just so weirdly quiet. And when you have those kind of pauses in commentary, which you need because you cannot have a commentator and a co-commentator and sometimes even your third guest just constantly talk, 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 talk. It's too much on radio yeah. of course the commentary you, you hear a lot more on television you can you can allow for those pauses to kind of watch what's happening but when there was a pause it was just strange because it was just quiet mm -hmm. so it, you just you thought oh is it is it cut out has my reception <laughs> dropped off and of course you couldn't even hear other commentators kind of Sometimes you hear them muffled in the background because they're all sat so crammed together in a press bench. But they weren't because they were all metres apart, of course. So it was just eerily quiet, eerily silent. It was it was strange. I think Sky did a very good job of, of playing in the crowd noise. I imagine that's probably just down to one person with a load of different tracks say. on a on a setup trying to be on top of when you oh yeah thinking oh there's a goal or something's happened or particularly when we had that big injury of course towards the end of the game what about the layout of what was happening in the stadiums that like we saw lots of face masks I actually thought the players looked really cool in their face masks one person who didn't look so cool um, was uh, Aston Villa chief exec Christian Perslow he had your <laughs> standard blue NHS number didn't quite look as good I thought you know if you're a football club and you're making this mask thing quite cool perhaps you should get some done in your club colours I thought Sheffield United looked really smart in theirs by the way um, but definitely a, a, a little bit of mask work to be done by Aston Villa I think and something for clubs to think about because if you're a football fan right you would you would definitely buy a mask in your club colours 
I did have one wondering, and that was to do with haircuts. Okay, so you look across the board, there are some footballers that you can tell have not had a haircut. It's looking very different to pre-lockdown. But there are some, and it looks exactly the same. Hmm. I'm just wondering about well, that okay, barber I've, maybe having a I've bit of access. I've given lockdown haircuts to my other half. <laughs> no, these were, these, were, these were much more than a girlfriend doing a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about Jamie Carragher as a as a roving oh. reporter? It didn't it didn't really work out because they didn't really rove to him very often. You just sort of saw a saw a lonely man sat in the middle of the stands, and you're like, who's that man on his own over there? Oh, it's Jamie Carragher, the roving reporter. So that that didn't work so well, did it? And the funny thing about that as well, of course, he, he pops up in screen in vision when Dave Jones was to the far right, Michael Richards, and then you had Jamie Carragher to the left and. Dave and Michael were just in their kind of, you know, nice sneakers and smart clothes and a blazer. And Jamie Carragher was there in a giant puffer coat. And it was just like, I'm trying to get your head around everything as it was. And he's hard as nails player. And it's June, but then it's raining. And it's like, you know, it's not really that cold. And then there was the whole drinks break thing as well. It was all just very confusing because we're not used to seeing football in Premier League stadiums in June. But Jamie Carragher was dressed like it was December or January. So I thought that was quite funny. And I loved as well, as you mentioned, yes, he had his kind of roving roar. He just popped up every now and again, but not very often. And at one point, Martin Tyler had gone to throw to Jamie Carragher to say, right, well, where is Jamie Carragher? And Gary Neville's mic is still still live and he's like who cares I thought <laughs> Gary Neville was just hilarious throughout and when we were heading into the second half really as well good, Martin actually. yeah Martin Tyler was like and the miracle of technology sky VIP viewing uh, viewers representing both clubs of course up there on the big screen because they had the fans images which popped up as yeah. well which I noticed at that? the Etihad well, mm. he he said that, and it was it was quite funny because he said, you know, both clubs doing their best to get the fans involved who aren't sitting in um, a studio or the stand where we're very privileged to be, and and Gary Neville just like bursts out laughing, guffawing in the background <laughs> because they are of course at the Etihad, so he he doesn't want to chip in and say yes, we are very privileged yeah. to be here. <laughs> so because... privileged to be here. Um, nice touch from Aston Villa, by the way. They, a bit like City, had those really big, large, uh, large seat coverings. So huge, huge bits of material covering banks of seats. And they congratulated Aston Villa women on one of them as well, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, AV women, of course, have been promoted to the Women's Super League for next season. All right, well, that's the Premier League done. Uh, next, we are going to talk about the new hero in town. All right, Radical Rashford. This has been Marcus Rashford's week, it's fair to say, and rightly so. He's forced the government to make sure that those who receive free school meals can continue to do so throughout the summer holidays. Well done to him. But what other footballers, ladies, if we're talking about those that have really instigated change for good or for bad, it has to be said, what other footballers have made a real difference? Lindsay. 
Well, if this year belongs to Marcus Rashford, then last year belonged to Megan Rapinoe. Um, After leading US women to the World Cup title in France, she then used her platform to lead a charge for equal pay. Now, she had run-ins as well with President Trump over his stance on racial injustice, uh, promising not to visit the White House. You might remember that if the team won. Mm. Uh, She spoke as well so eloquently on the steps of New York City Hall. Um, And I'm just taking a little bit of things that she said, but she said, we have to be better. We have to love more and hate less, listen more and talk less. It's our responsibility to make this world a better place. Still words that really have so much power right now. In response to US women's soccer team, uh, women's teams from around the world as well, including Brazil, Ireland, Denmark and Norway, they also demanded equal pay. Uh, Rapino was one of the first female athletes to kneel as well, following Colin Kaepernick. Yes. Uh, and she credits him, doesn't she in most of her speeches and also a big advocate for lgbtq rights as well in her ballon d'or speech she called on some of the male stars including messi ronaldo and zlatan ibrahimovic to condemn racism homophobia and sexism in football so 2019 the year of rapino yeah, I, I, you know, I totally agree. It's such a good shout as well, Lindsay. She she speaks out and she's eloquent about it at the same time. She's really considered. And as she gets kind of towards the end of her career, I suppose she's in her, in her early 30s now, she's going to keep using that platform for good. She certainly is. Um, I'm going to chip in with Didier Drogba because it's a story that we didn't know much about at the time until the report started coming out a year or so later. And this all focuses around the lead up to the 2006 World Cup for which Ivory Coast had just qualified. Now at that time civil war had been raging in the country for about five years and after the game that took them effectively to those finals in Germany in 2006, Drogba picked up a microphone in the dressing room and surrounded by his teammates fell to his knees live on national television. Now I haven't been able to find this but I wish I could because it sounds absolutely awesome. This is what he did for the Ivory Coast. This is what he said He said, from the north, south, centre and west, we prove today that all Ivorians can coexist and play together with a shared aim to qualify for the World Cup. He begged both warring factions to lay down their arms and within a week his wishes were granted. So I have to say he effectively ended civil war. There was a peace treaty that came about and it was him and the Ivory Coast players from all parts of the country coming together. He is the spokesperson and saying, look, if we can play together from different parts of the Ivory Coast, then surely all people in the Ivory Coast should be able to coexist peacefully together. And as I said, at the the time, we, we didn't really hear much about it, but it did come out in the press kind of a year or so later and he uh, made this comment about it afterwards he said I've won many trophies in my time but nothing will ever top helping to win the battle for peace in my country I'm so proud because today in the Ivory Coast we do not need a piece of silverware to celebrate and I thought well done him it's it isn't a story that I knew about very much I have to say um, but I am so hugely impressed with that Hayley Mine is a player who was the first to win the African, European and World Footballer of the Year in one season in 1995. It's George Weir. Many people know his name. He's now the president of Liberia. He had played uh, for Monaco, Paris Saint-Germain, Milan and Chelsea. He spoke many years ago about Arsene Wenger showing him love when racism was at its peak. He was hailed as an absolute hero 
of course, when it when he played, when he won that FIFA World Player of the Year, he kind of inspired lots of other Africans and black footballers to 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 realise that they could go on, that they could be nominated and win these kind of awards and that they should make the step in coming to Europe and that they should try and come to England, that they would be welcomed um, over here to come and play football. But yeah, he was um, a senator as well. He served as a senator from for uh, Monserrado County. I'm not quite sure exactly where that is, but as I mentioned, he was um, a goodwill ambassador as well for the United Nations before heading on to be the president of uh, Liberia. And I just think he's quite an, in- an incredible man who paved the way for, for so many other young men mm. to come over to Europe and, and to Britain and to look at him as a, as a hero of, of inspiration makes you wonder really Rashford's only 22 imagine what else he's going to achieve in his career not just on the pitch but you know off the pitch as well he's already instigated so much change at such a young age Uh, well it's uh, an inspirational story all right as are all of them thanks ladies for that next up we're going to go local Well, it's not all about heroes, is it, on a national scale, all about the return of the Premier League. It's about local football too, grassroots football, where it all began. So we thought we'd take some time on the podcast today to celebrate some brilliant local football stories. And we know, of course, a lot of local football journalists have been furloughed. Some of them will be returning back to work. We hope most of them will be. But we've been able to find um, a little bit of local football news to cheer us up. Hopefully some nice stories out there. Lindsay, um, tell us what's been going on. Whereabouts are you, first of all, for listeners who don't know? and what's been going on? Well, I live in Surrey and my local paper now is the Woking News and Mail and I get it every week and throughout lockdown I just go to the back pages and see what football story there is, if there is one. There have been weeks when there haven't been any football stories at all. But I think I've got a few gems that I can give you. Um, By the way, the connection to your colleague, Hayley, Martin Tyler, is that Martin Tyler is the assistant manager at Woking Football Club uh, working under Mm. Alan Dowson. So Mm. I get a lot in the news about both of them and these all relate actually to Woking in some way so former Woking player Simon Lane has been appointed first team manager at Westfield FC that was one of the stories that came in so an appointment during lockdown but what's really interesting about Lane as well when I read the article further is that he's the the youngest head coach in European football or certainly he was aged 31 when he took charge of a multi-side Naxar Lions and he led the club to their highest ever finish. No way! Mm. Over in Malta. That is... That is brilliant. I love stories like like that. I've got not such a good news one, ladies, but I thought I'd bring it in anyway. Uh, This is that Peckham Town FC, I live in South East London, uh, Peckham Town FC are hurting after vandals repeatedly target pitches. They've had a massive increase in vandalism over two of their sites. The club has asked people to just stop. They say it's not okay to break into our ground, have a picnic on the main pitch and then leave your litter. Rubble's also been dumped there as well, which the club has had to pay to remove. Advertising boards have been ripped down and turned into makeshift skate ramps. You get the picture. And this is the club, by the way, for whom the likes of Rio and Anton Ferdinand and Jason Yule have pulled on the shirt. So it is a club with heritage. News just in on that, by the way. I checked about half an hour ago. The club has just launched a crowdfunder. They're looking for £1,000 to help replace revenue lost by uh, the pandemic, but also because of those uh, those bits of vandalism as well. So Aww. good luck to Peckham Town FC with that. Hayley. Mm. 
I mean, what the hell is wrong with people? Goodness yeah, me. Bonkers. Well, mine comes from the Bucks Free Press. I'm on the um, Buckinghamshire Berkshire border, currently in Bucks. I've got some great football teams around here. We've got Flackwell Heath just up the road. My local one would be Wickham Wanderers as well. And I've got Reading not too far out. So there are always some pretty good uh, stories out here. Um, the first one is a really positive one. And a window cleaner has launched a youth mental health football hub in Slough and also got together to provide an app to help children when they go back to school, communicate, get together and arrange to meet up and play football, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Yeah. So there was a charity fundraiser. He works and volunteers at uh, local football clubs, but it's, it's all linking in with the mental health charity sport in mind. And he decided whilst he was off, not doing an awful lot to get some of the kids together, spoke to them obviously not together physically. And a lot of them told about how they were really sad about they couldn't still play football, that they'd wanted to play football, but never had the chance and being kind of holed up at home made them realise even more that um, how important it was to get together with other kids. Um, He spoke to some parents and um, raised some money, uh, a decent amount of money, just over five grand to kind of put together a proposal to a company, create this app, and they're arranging some events as well to boost kids' confidence when they go back to school um, in a completely different year. Some of them at a completely different school, but who still live in the local area and can mix with um, familiar faces in football yeah, teams. So well I think that's a lovely him. one. Yeah, it really is. Lindsay? Uh, the next one that I have is about a woking teenager selected for national squad. I love these sorts of stories. Again, Ooh, another uplifting yes, potential. one. Reef Perry's 18 was selected for Sri Lanka's national football squad after impressing at a selection camp in Colombo back in February. Now, In the body of this email, his dad comes in. We get some quotes from Dad Darren. He said, we'd looked into Reef's eligibility for Sri Lanka last year through the FIFA descent rule. And when we sent his footballing data to the Sri Lankan Federation, they were blown away and got him in for a trial. (laughs) It just so happened that we were in Sri Lanka last October for the funeral of my father, Neville, which is how he qualifies. So Reef was able to go along. It was a real sliding doors moment. He took the opportunity and it's progressed from there and progressed it has. He's in line to be selected for some FIFA World Cup qualifiers. They've all been postponed at the moment against North Korea, South career and Lebanon best of luck to him what a great story I love that and I love that it's Sri Lanka rather than England because it's like that's just it's just brilliant isn't it because of course you can you can then spread the word of football all over the place I like it and 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 I guess also kids then get the opportunities that 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 they wouldn't necessarily have otherwise um bit of breaking news from another one of my local clubs this morning ladies Dulwich Hamlet their final position in the 1920 season uh, is 19th that's been confirmed this morning hot off the press Uh, from the Brixton Buzz website. This was actually decided last night, but of course it's broken on the uh, local news wires this morning over here. The vote by the National League means that uh, Wildstone are promoted to the fifth tier uh, as champions. There's no relegation from National League's North and South, which is where Dulwich Hamlet uh, were playing in this season. Uh, However, playoffs are set to go ahead. So there you go. League position confirmed there as 19th uh, for one of my local teams, Dulwich Hamlet, who are a an awesome club it has to say it has to be said we've done done a bit of filming down there before haven't haven't we ladies 
We have. We were the first people to take a drone there, weren't we? Yes, we were. And we got a special chant made up for us, didn't we? Which mentioned something about we're Dulwich Hamlet and we've got a drone. It, was, it wasn't the most imaginative oh, yeah. <laughs> chant, was it? We're Dulwich Hamlet and we've got a drone. Yes, yes, yeah. And the footage was pretty awesome. Um, Hayley, where are you going to go next? Okay, I'm taking you to the Bucks Herald. And what about this? 424 pitches in Berkshire and Buckinghamshire are going to benefit from the Pitch Preparation Fund. So the Football Foundation is making sure that they're investing into the clubs who've been affected by coronavirus. £289,000 has been awarded to 121 different clubs and organisations, and that's just in our area. So it will allow 424 pitches to be made uh, match fit, and that will benefit 1,221 local teams. It's clubs who've lost out on kind of normal revenue during this awful period, helping them to get their pitches ready when it's safe to play, making sure that they can do it in a very safe way. They've obviously got artificial surfaces that need cleaned, um, deep cleaning equipment. There'll be FA pitch testing. But I think that amount of money has gone a heck of a long way in this area to make sure that kids do return back to playing football. So just a, a little positive mm. story there. Lovely. Lindsay, another quick one from you. Uh, There is a documentary that has aired in the Netherlands about Woking FC. Now, all of the filming was done. It was all done back in November. Whilst we've been enjoying Netflix and watching things like Sunderland Till I Die, over in the Netherlands, they get to enjoy this. And it's all made by Margaret van der Linden, who's a very well-known talk show host from the Netherlands. And uh, explaining in the local newspaper why she chose Woking, this is what she said. It's a global documentary not focused on the Netherlands. And so to me, when you think about going abroad, of course you go to England. We wanted to find a club like this, one that's semi-professional with a lot of volunteers, energy, sadness, the works. And if you look around, it's all here. This is about a group of men in a team, the dynamics, the frustration, the joy, what it is that is so fascinating about it. And you can even smell it. It's a special smell in Woking. What? (laughs) Interesting. Brilliant, isn't Uh, it? It could be a huge hit. And brilliant. Yes, yeah, absolutely. A very quick one from me. Um, This is just a little piece that was in the Southwark News about Peckham-based footballer Lexi Lloyd-Smith. She plays for the England women under-17s and she represents Chelsea women under twenty one. so a bit of a local football star. It charts her rise to the top and talks about how she's received funding from SportsAid and what that's done to help her in her game. But the bit that really stood out for me is that she first started playing for Southwark Cribs FC after being inspired to take up football following a stroll in Peckham Rye Park which is literally metres away from where I am now so there you go I feel like I've got this affinity with her now. Uh, Hayley. Just two quick little ones to mention. I just love the headline here because the Wickham Wanderers chairman, uh, Rob, has announced um, the return to the club of Andrew Howard. So he's coming back to help out Gareth Ainsworth and Richard Dobson, Okay, when they're trying to make plans to expand the squad, widen the pool of players as well, and just basically help with the success of uh, Wickham Wanderers and, and make sure that they're a strong club going forward. But the headline is, Andrew Howard returns to help build a plan to grow the worldwide Wickham Wanderers phenomenon. So there you go. Uh, a <laughs> big headline. 
They have. And I love this as well. There was a, a young girl, Lily Rose Spratt, who turned 12 during lockdown and she was supposed to be a club mascot on Easter weekend. It was going to be the highlight of her 12 year life. She couldn't. She put out a little message on social media, which was picked up by Wickham Wanderers. And they'd said, we'll get some of the players to send a little message. The whole squad recorded a video message. They sent it to her. And not only that, the fans got wind of this as well from this social media post and fans from all over the world sent her happy birthday wishes. She spent all day Aww. watching videos and opening yeah. messages wishing her a birthday. There are a lot of stories like that in, in, in local press. It's really lovely to read. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for those heartwarming stories on a local level. Let's go to any other business. <laughs> As ever, it's time to end on any other business. Still without a theme tune, by the way, if there are any fans of The Athletic listening to this for the first time who are a dab hand with a soundtrack. Um, this is uh, where we talk about little stories, smaller football stories from the week that may have gone unnoticed. Lindsay. Well, the first obvious news is that Timo Werner, that transfer has been confirmed to Chelsea. Um, so that I'm going to mention. But actually, for my any other business this week, Kate, I want to mention a story that's actually pretty old, but one that had passed me by that I found when I've been reading different football articles during lockdown. It's a story of a, a footballer called Francis Kone. And he's a footballer who, get this has saved the lives of four opponents. And what, what brought it to my attention, I think probably why it came up in my search engine, is obviously we we had Garcia having that awful injury in the opening night of the Premier League return. And it was talking about clashes of, of heads. Yeah, this guy, Francis Kone, has saved a player's life in the Czech Republic back in 2017 after a clash of heads. And it was the fourth time he's done so in an eight-year career. Well, that's astounding. Well done to him. Um, I've got some European football news, mainly that we've got lots of lots of Champions League, Europa League um, confirmation. So August is going to be a European football bonanza. The Champions League will be completed in Lisbon uh, with a mini tournament, the Europa League in Germany, and the Women's Champions League will be played out in San Sebastian and Bilbao in northern Spain. Arsenal and Glasgow City still involved in the Women's Champions League. So we're going to see teams play one-legged matches from the quarterfinals to the final. Some of the last 16 ties are still unfinished though as well. Uh, It's not known quite when they're going to be completed but either way August is going to be busy. Hayley? Mine's a little bit of a sandra and I I hate this time of year when clubs kind of release information about players who are going to be released particularly when they're the kind of young players that for a couple of seasons might have been talked of as the next best thing. Yeah. And one of those, I was quite surprised, maybe not so, but I, I, it's just a real shame because um, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson is one of those players going to be released by Manchester United. I hadn't realised he was 23, but uh, he made his debut in 2015 under Louis van Gaal and actually played 14 times. He came on against uh, West Brom. He agreed a long-term deal. Just after Jose Mourinho took over, he gave him a a four-year contract. He's been on loan an awful lot. And I just feel a little bit sad because he went to League One side Tranmere Rovers after a spell at Leeds United, Wolves and Scunthorpe. And then 
in January just this year, he was actually recalled to Manchester United as a player, came back, trained with the squad and actually played five games in total. Uh, but unfortunately, they're set to release him. So I always think it's quite nice to make sure that when there are these kind of young players, one you know, youth player of the year, kind of keep an eye on them, see where they go, make sure I try yeah. and follow them as well and, and, and hope for the best for them. But it's a really hard time of year um, for, for players to be released, particularly when everything is so uncertain right now. And just hope that they get a little bit of, 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 of help as well to kind of make that transition to another club and make sure that a deal is done. Well said, Hayley. All right, so that's it for the show today, folks. We've navigated our way through the restart of the Premier League. Thank you for joining us. And uh, if you want to let us know about your local teams, by the way, if you've got a couple of um, absolutely diamond local stories to share with us, get in touch. Head to at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram for socials. And if you fancy brushing up on your football knowledge, lots on our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Uh, the latest one is uh, all about uh, Wolfsburg, who've just been crowned the Frauen Bundesliga champions over in Germany. Martin Whiteley has written us a piece for that on women's football. And don't forget that deal with The Athletic, by the way, 50% off your subscription if you want to listen to us ad-free and check out some of The Athletic's written content too. Uh, That's uh, at theathletic.com forward slash TFS for Totally Football Show to take advantage of that. Uh, Until next week, listeners, uh, we'll speak again soon. Goodbye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. My name is Matt Davis-Adams. I present the Athletics Chelsea podcast, Straight Out of Cobham, and I'm a supporter of the two-time European champions, Nottingham Forest. That's all well and good, but for the purposes of this promo, I want to tell you that I also host the very excellent Totally Football League show, where every week I'm joined by Swindon Town legend Sam Parkin and Southend stalwart slash journeyman Adrian Clark as we follow this championship season to its conclusion. The Totally Football League show is now part of the Athletics Network of Podcasts, and if you're an Athletics subscriber, you can hear ad-free versions of each episode on the Athletic app. But don't worry, if you really like adverts, you can hear them by searching for the Totally Football League show on Apple, Spotify and all the usual podcast places. The Totally Football League show with me, Matt Davis-Adams. Because there's football outside the Premier League too, you know? Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.